It's time to get inside the Giants huddle. Huddle up, huddle up, huddle up. On Giants.com. Here we go, here we go. And the Giants mobile Get them in there, let's go. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Welcome to the newest edition of the Giants Huddle Podcast. John Schmoke with you, today's guest from NFL.com and NFL Network, one of their best draft analysts, Lance Zierlein. But first, a reminder, you can find the Giants Huddle Podcast and the Giants Podcast Network presented by Investors Bank on the Giants mobile app at Giants.com slash podcast and on your favorite podcast platforms. Now we welcome in Lance Zierlein, all those great scouting reports and full player profiles on NFL.com. They belong to him. He's done hours and hours and days of days of tape study, and now the draft is under two weeks away. Lance, congratulations, first of all, on finishing all those profiles. I know it is a bear of work for you to do. How did you enjoy the process this year? Uh, it was it was fine. I mean, it's like it always is. There's times where it's enjoyable. There's times where it's a grind, and then, you know, it was just different because so much more uh, tape study of the previous year is needed. Like, usually I'm just watching, you know, I'll watch primarily just the season we just had. Sure. Except for quarterbacks, I want to watch their touchdowns, their interceptions. For wide receivers, I want to see all their drops, all their touchdowns. But this year I had to go back and, you know, I had to go back to 2019 on a lot of players because I needed to see, you know, a particular team against better competition or a player, I should say, against better competition, and maybe he didn't get that in 2020. Uh, it was hard, you know, studying Pac-10 players because they had so few games. Um, it was just, it was a more challenging year, that's for sure. And that's not even mentioning the 2020 opt-outs uh, where we had to go back to 2019 and, and try to, you know, project who and what they're going to be. All right, Lance, let's push aside here the quarterbacks because I don't think the Giants are going to be in that business. Who are your true blue chip, top 10, top 15, true top of the the draft graded players that you have in 2021? Well, I think a couple. um, So, I mean, you know about the quarterbacks. I've got four of them. I don't have – I don't believe Mac Jones is in that list. I believe that uh, you have – four pass catchers, and that includes Kyle Pitts. So we're talking about Kyle Pitts and the big three, sure. Chase, Smith, and Waddle. Uh, so there you've already got nine. You've got two offensive linemen, in my estimation, who hit that mark, and that would be Rashawn Slater and Panay Sewell. Um, one cornerback with J.C. Horn is on the borderline, but Pat Sertan is, is a true blue chipper. And I think you have a couple blue chip linebackers, uh, one in Micah, Parsons and the other one in uh, Owusu Karamoa from Notre Dame. So, you know, for me, uh, Barmore doesn't quite hit the mix for defensive tackle from an edge standpoint. None of the edge players for me are inside there. And, uh, you know, no centers, no guards inside that particular area that you're talking about. Now, right outside of it, Christian Derisau, Elijah Vera Tucker, you know, you start having some guys populate. But I think from a standpoint of having true blue chip players, I mean, we're talking about maybe having, um, you know, potentially seven to eight players like that. But I, all the players I mentioned, you know, for me are top 15 type guys. Which I think, you know, is probably good news for the Giants, right? Because you throw the quarterbacks in the mix, then you have that group you gave. The Giants are picking an 11. It tells me they're probably going to get one of those blue-chip non-quarterbacks. So let me put it this way. I know you've talked to a lot of people around the league, Lance, in your preparation. Which one of those guys in, in, in that group – are you very, very confident will not be available for the Giants at 11? So I can kind of cr- crash all the hopes of Giant fans that are maybe, you know, swinging for the fences here a little bit. Well, I think for I, – I, so I don't think Jamar Chase will be there. Um, 
at all. I think that's the guy. If you want to, if you there's one guy you ask me, one guy. I think Kyle Pitts probably won't, but I I know Jamar Chase won't be there, so you can forget Jamar Chase. I think you can hope for um, either Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle at eleven. I think that's a potential possibility, but that of course would require five quarterbacks going inside the first ten picks, which is possible. I think you have to have. Um, I don't know. I mean, the Giants, you tell me. The Giants, I would have to think they'd be happy to see Pat Sertan fall to them uh, at that pick at 11. I mean, it's not like cornerback is locked down. So, you know, but from an offensive standpoint, I think you'd need to have maybe an, a, either Quiddy Pay go earlier than expected or have um, J.C. Horn go a little earlier than expected, along with a, a five quarterbacks going inside that top ten. If that's the case, then you could see uh, a big-time playmaker slide into that spot at 11. If a team's looking at Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell, is that simply a chef's choice situation, Lance, where it depends on the style of wide receiver you want, that's the guy you're going to pick? Or do you think there is enough consternation around the league with Devontae Smith's measurements in terms of his weight? I watch him on tape. I don't see many issues with it, to be honest with you, but I know it's a thing. Um, so how do you think teams will treat that decision if they're choosing between those two guys? No, chef's choice is a good way to put it. It's it's really just a matter of what flavor ice cream. It's You know, both of those guys are playmakers. They're both home run hitters in, in a little different ways. Um, they're both exceptional in terms of separation talent. They're just different body types, and they're going to be used a little differently. Uh, but I think the thing that makes them very unique is that both of them can work all three levels. And so whether you have a, a thinner wide receiver, this is not Deshaun Jackson, who's just a straight vertical guy. That's not who he is. I mean, I think Devontae Smith is a little bit of Calvin Ridley and a little bit of uh, Jerry Judy. And he's the best of both of those guys, and I, that's one of the reasons I like him. And his ball skills are just exceptional. He's really, really tough. He plays on special teams and is a dog on special teams in terms of cover teams. So I don't worry about the size, but I do know, like you said, it is a thing with NFL types because there's always a concern about you know, durability. But it really is just a choice of which guy fits your offense better, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm honestly with you 100% on that. Let's go to the offensive lineman, Panay Sewell, Rashawn Slater. I know the general consensus seems to be Slater is kind of the guy who was a little bit better technique-wise, but Sewell's measurements, throwing the fact he was dominating at the age of 19 and is just basically a, a walking apartment building with his size. Um, with those guys at 11, do you think both those guys have some position flex with tackle guard? Because right now I think the Giants are a bit of in flux here. They drafted two young tackles last year in, in Parrott and Thomas. So I don't think Parrott really has position flex. How do you view those two guys in terms of, A, overall quality, and then whether or not they can shift guard tackle? Yeah, I know there's some, you know, there's some people who think that Rashawn Slater is not really a good enough bender to play guard, but I... I don't really agree with that. And I know there's teams who who feel like he's a guard or center, and that center could be his spot. But, you know, for me, if I'm the Giants, this is one of the things I like. I don't see anything that would prevent uh, Panay Sewell from being a short-term guard that can transition out to tackle, uh, similar to what Laramie Tunsil did with the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Elijah Beer Tucker, if if the Giants were to move back, he's he's got some tackle guard flexibility. 
But I think Rashawn Slater, you know, for me, he's he's guard or tackle or center. I don't care wherever you need him. He's a good blocker, and, and you can play in there. So I think, you know, those three guys in particular, I think, do have tackle guard ability. Um, I, you know, Panay still needs to get a little stronger, but once again, we're working off the tape from when he was 19 years old. So it's hard to really get a feel for where he is from a physical strength standpoint right now, play strength standpoint, because a lot of his issues when he had some play strength issues, I think are going to come with, um, with more pass protection work and a little better pad level, just learning to bend a little more in his pass protection. So, yeah, I think that's one of the great things is there are there is tackle guard flexibility in some of the offensive linemen this year. Lance, in that next group of offensive linemen, let's say the Giants don't get one at 11, Sewell and Slater get wiped out, they end up going with the playmaker, let's say. And obviously Darisaw and Vera Tucker, they're not dropping to 42. So who do you like in that second group? You know, the Eichenbergs, the Mayfields, the Leatherwoods, and all that stuff. That kind of big, large, end of first round, start of second round group that you think gives that tackle guard flex would be there and worth the bang for the buck for the Giants at 42 if they want to go there. Yeah, I wouldn't take Mayfield in the first two rounds, personally. I think um, Leatherwood is tackle guard potential. He has great traits, but really needs to keep getting stronger with his outside and in terms of pass protection. So that bothers me a little bit. I think Sam Cosme is a guy that needs to be in the mix from a tackle guard standpoint. Uh, Liam Eikenberg, I think, is more right tackle and potential guard. You just have to see how the bend is. But I think if you needed him to, he could. But I'd, I'd prefer to play him, I think, um, at right tackle. He's got him Dylan Redunds from North, North Dakota State who I think is going to be an NFL guard. I don't know if I'd take him that early, though. I'd prefer uh, to let him fall back a little bit. But, you know, what makes, John, what makes this draft really so unique is that from, I would say, you know, pick 30 to pick 75, there is a, a relatively rare amount of a depth of players with starting potential at, at tackle and then even at tackle guard from the standpoint of, their ability to uh, transition inside to guard if need be, or maybe that might even be their best position. So I do think that usually you've got to panic when it comes to tackles, and you got to do whatever you can to get inside the first 50 picks. I think this year could be, you know, depending on how the run on tackle goes, this could be a little bit of a unique, a unique year where you can still maneuver around or even wait it out and potentially get a starter in the third round, and I know a lot of times that's not something you'll find, but there's guys like Jalen Moore, who I think is a really good player, uh, Stone Forsyth out of Florida. There's going to be some guys in rounds three and maybe even rounds four that are going to end up being starters. Yeah, throwing a Spencer Brown out of Northern Iowa who tested you know, off the charts, another guy, 100%. Yeah. Limited Giant season tickets are on sale now for the 2021 season. In addition to ticket savings, membership benefits include access to exclusive events, experiences, pre-sales, and more. You can lock in your seat starting at just 100 bucks. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com slash tickets for more information. Hey, Giant fans, get a New York Giants checking account from Investors Bank with the Giants branded debit card, security features, and discounts at the Giants online shop. You can earn up to 250 bucks when you open an account at InvestorsBank.com slash Giants member FDIC. Don't miss it on your chance to experience a premier hospitality experience watching Giant games and world-class concerts in 2021 as a Giants suite partner. Limited full-season locations are available or place a deposit for individual games. Call 888-NYG-1925 
or visit Giants.com slash suites for more information. Micah Parsons, how do you think NFL teams lands view him? Do they see him as, as a real top 10 pick or are there position value, third down role, off the field questions that you think might push him out of that top 10? Yeah, I think that uh, the talent, it's, it's rare to find guys who have his ability to mirror running backs and tackle the way that he does. He doesn't get shaken very often. He's a steady, consistent tackler. Uh, he has great range from sideline to sideline. I mean, the physical traits are unbelievable. I think with with him, the big concern right now, I mean, you'll have some teams that might have some concerns about position value and what is he going to do on third downs. But I think the biggest concern is going to be how do teams view him as a you know his character. He has had some off-the-field stuff. He had some off-the-field stuff at Penn State with teammates. Um, there's some stuff that goes back to high school that, that some teams have talked about. So, um, you know, you have to – your question for him specifically is, is this a guy who has a little bit of edge to him where he's, he's always going to be a little bit out there and, and just kind of, you know, walking on the edge. I'm not saying a bad person, I'm not, but a guy who maybe, you know, can, can, can be a little bit of an edge guy, or is he – a bad dude, a guy who has legit character concerns. Is he immature and have some edge and somebody that you need to kind of rope in and control and get with a good veteran to get his head right? Or is he somebody that could become a problem with more time and more money on his hands um, as he becomes pro? That's a question that has to be asked. And I think in terms of, you know, he's definitely an alpha and he's definitely got a lot of edge to him. The question is going to be, is that edge a little too much to handle in a locker room? That's the question teams are going to be asking them. Final question, Lance. You answered this in your first in your first answer to me. You said you don't think an edge is worth the bang for your buck at 11. If there is one that you think could make the argument, who is it and why? Uh, I guess Quiddy Pay. Like, I can't really say Jason Owe, not at 11. Quiddy Pay is going to be the guy because he looks the part. He's... He's got rare size. He's a he's an excellent athlete. He's explosive. He's got a lot of the traits that you want. Ose is uh, Jason Owe is just a freak show athlete. But you can't draft a guy 11th who didn't have a sack last year. <laughs> I don't care how explosive he is and how much talent and upside I think he has. You just can't do it. I mean, that's a guy you trade back, and you may say we love this guy on our board. He's a top 10 player and how we project it, but we don't think he's going to go 11. So let's trade back to number. You know, 17, 18, and let's take them there and let's let somebody else move up. Um, that's what you would do if you graded him highly. Your, your, what you would do then is try to determine uh, where certain players in the draft are likely to go, and then you determine where your landing spot is relative to who is making offers for you to, you know, to trade up into your position. If the Giants trade back, then to me that tells me that they may have an idea of a pass rusher they really like and probably more than one, and they feel comfortable moving backwards that they're still going to grab it. Um, if the board rolls a certain kind of way offensive line-wise, and let's say it's quarterbacks, it's wide receivers, it's tight end, and it's cornerbacks, you know, with maybe J.C. Horn going early and, and Sertan going early, well, then all of a sudden you may say, we really like Darisaw, Viratuck, we like all these guys, so we're going to move back, you know, to 15 or 16, whatever the case may be. you got to be careful because 13 and 14 are both potential offensive line spots, yep. so you do have to be careful about that. Um, but I, I just honestly, Quiddy Pay is the only guy you could make that potential case for because of, and his production was only just kind of okay also. 
it, you know, it's an upside pass rush draft, but with a lower floor, and that's the concern with with probably the top five guys. Lance, good stuff, my friend. Tell the folks where they can find your work. We appreciate the time. Yeah, NFL.com. You can catch all my work, and make sure you go to the uh, the draft section, and then go to prospects, and you can find my entire list of 475 draft prospects. Thank you, Lance. Good to talk to you. Talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks, Sean. That's Lance Zierlein. We thank you for joining us on this episode of the Giants Huddle Podcast, which is on the Giants Podcast Network, presented by Investors Bank. You can find the archive of the Giants Huddle and Big Blue Kickoff Live, our daily weekday show at noon on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app, as well as your favorite podcast platforms. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave a five-star positive review if you like what you hear. For Lance Zierlein, I'm John Schmelk. We'll see you next time on the Giants Huddle.